In this episode, I share my thinking about the uncertainty of teaching and learning. A few weeks ago, I was honored to be a part of a lesson study research team. Lesson study is a Japanese model of teacher-led research in which a triad of teachers work together to target an identified area of development in their students' learning. Using existing evidence, participants collaboratively research, plan, teach, and observe a series of lessons using ongoing discussion, reflection, and expert input to track and refine their interventions. Another way to define lesson study is um, an inquiry cycle that support teachers to experiment, observe, and improve. And what's interesting about both of these um, ways in which to describe lesson study is that even in these descriptions is an element of uncertainty, right? If we think about experimenting and researching, there is no set outcome. We're doing something, taking an action in order to learn from that action. So there's this element of uncertainty there. So um, my role on this lesson study research team was um, the expert or the knowledgeable other. And in this role, I used what I know about teaching and learning to contribute to and elevate the thinking and reflection on the lesson that I observed. And so what I'd like to do is share some of my takeaways um, from this experience. So one of the things is, um, and this is something that I, I've said for years, is that a lesson plan is like a science experiment. And it's filled with uncertainties. It's filled with unknowns. Uncertainties are the unknowns. And, and a lesson plan is filled with unknowns even though the perception of a lesson plan is that it is known, everything is going to happen just as you plan it. But what we do know about planning a lesson is that oftentimes we forget the individuals in which we've planned the lesson for, and they are all unique and different. And so therein lies the uncertainty in the, the planning of a lesson is how will the students actually respond to the lesson? So it, I see it as a science experiment. Um, an effective lesson, I think, keeps, in, keeps the goal of the lesson at the forefront, right? And the facilitator, the teacher of this lesson is open and accepting of what the learners bring to the lesson. They create a space for what the learners bring to the lesson while supporting the learners to make connections between the lesson outcome or goal and the student's thinking. Um, and so one way in which to do this is as a facilitator of that lesson is to be curious. And to be curious from the onset, right? Right from the planning phase of the lesson, start the curiosity there. Um, because you wanna be curious about your thinking when you're planning this lesson. One of the questions that comes up for me is, what assumptions are you making about the students that you're planning this lesson for? What assumptions are you making about the materials? What assumptions are you making about the activity? that you want the students to engage in. 
And then the question underneath that one is, where are these assumptions coming from? And how are my assumptions, how can I use my assumptions to expand student thinking or how are my assumptions hindering student thinking in the lesson that I'm planning? When we consider the assumptions that we make about students in lessons, it opens up a whole new world because sometimes we are planning based on these assumptions that we, we think we know, but we don't have hard evidence on it. And sometimes even data, because we are data driven, um, the data tells a story that's not necessarily the story of the student as a learner. It's the story of the student in that moment in which that data was collected, but it's not the story of that student as a learner. So being curious about just what I'm thinking as I'm planning the lesson. And then I think there's also, it's also important to be curious about student thinking during the lesson, right? Students are sharing their thinking. Am I probing their thinking for clarity? My own clarity to help me understand what they're thinking and where they're coming from or even where they're going. How are they connecting the learning to the learning, uh, their thinking to the learning goal? And questioning for clarity for the student to even be able to clear up their thinking. You know, when I think about myself as a learner, one of the things I know is that when I'm answering a question or when I'm thinking, my thoughts aren't fully developed, but it's in the process of talking through my thoughts that I get to a place of clarity about how I understand something. So initially what I'm saying is kind of pieces of things just coming together and I'm pulling on pieces of information that's in my brain, but I haven't really made a strong connection between all of these pieces until someone engages me in, in, in deep, digging deeper into that thinking, right? And so when a, the teacher or the facilitator of the lesson asks these probing questions, those probing questions allow me as the learner to be able to clarify my thinking also and to make those connections between what I'm thinking and the goal of the lesson. I think in also being curious about student thinking the facilitator starts to create a tension between what is the current thinking and what can be the possibilities, right? That there isn't just one answer or one way of thinking, that there could be multiple ways of thinking about this. And in creating that tension, you're actually creating space for the student to live in that tension and to grapple with ideas until they find one that resonates most with them and the ways in which they understand the world. That gives me pause even to stop and just think about um, creating space for students to grapple with ideas and not just providing them with um, one way of thinking or one answer but that there could be multiple ways to get at something. 
you know, and it could be as simple as even asking the question, and what's another way of looking at that, right? Just encouraging them to think about it in a different way. And then I think in continuing curiosity is getting students to be curious about their own thinking and the thinking of others. Because many times in schools, we, we don't encourage students to be curious about their own thinking so that they want to probe and explore their thinking to get to that place of clarity. Or we just let them go with what they say surfacely and they never really deepen that thinking to get to a place where they can say they own this, right? So encouraging them to be curious about the environment in which they're in and how they're making sense of that environment. Um, and the environment being, being the classroom. And also listening to what others say um, that you might want to hear more about, right? So being curious about, oh, what did they say that kind of resonated with me or landed with me in a way that piqued my curiosity, made me want to hear more. And then as the teacher making space for that expanded conversation, right? And so another thought I've had too about um, the uncertainties of teaching and learning is being in the moment. And so a plan itself doesn't necessarily allow for you to be in the moment. It's a plan that you've done however, you know, many hours, days, weeks prior to actually delivering the instruction. And the plan is the way in which you're gonna follow that delivery. And if I'm following this plan, I'm not necessarily in the moment. I'm just getting from step one to step two to step three to step four. And I wonder if there is a shift in how we approach planning so that there is space to be in the moment, space for the facilitator, teacher of the lesson to notice what's coming up for me as the teacher of that lesson um, and how does what's coming up for me contribute to or hinder student learning? And then how do I possibly compartmentalize what I'm noticing so that I'm able to listen and observe students in a way that supports the facilitation of their learning? In other words, can I listen deeply? Can I pay attention to subtle um, shifts in body language, facial expressions that might indicate confusion or aha moments, right? And then how do I recognize those moments and then use them to deepen the student's learning or move the students to the next level? Yeah, being in the moment. Sometimes the plan just does not allow for us to be in the moment. We, and so thinking about ways in which we can create space to be in the moment. And then there's this term equanimity that I've just um, attached myself to. Uh, and equanimity is really the 
ability to remain, to be open and accepting of what students bring to the lesson and to just make space for that uncertainty, right? And not only am I making space for uncertainty, but I'm also remaining cool and calm and confident and compassionate and courageous in that moment when there's uncertainty. I'm not letting the anxiousness take over, but I'm saying, I'm recognizing that anxiousness is coming up, but I'm also saying, but I got this. I got this. I can come up with questions. I can be curious about what the student is bringing to the lesson and, and, and be able to inquire as to how what you've just brought up connects to what we're trying to learn today. You see, just in asking that question, I can remain cool and calm and collective and be open and, and show the student that I am open and accepting of what they're bringing, right? And then putting it, giving it back to the student to say, how are you connecting this? What's the connection between what you just said and what we're learning today? That may be the golden ticket is <laughs> equanimity. And, and how do we work towards that? And, and, and know that it's a journey, right? Not every day am I going to live in this space of equanimity. But if that's always the, the ultimate goal in which I'm striving for, I'm, that's my journey, is to be able to be open and accepting of what students bring, which allows me as the teacher to have less moments of frustration and, and or even if I have those moments of frustration, I can be open and accepting to being frustrated, but then also going back and being curious about why am I frustrated? What was the assumptions that I was making that's causing me to be frustrated in this moment, right? What assumptions were I making about the students or the materials? And where is this frustration coming from? and how I might use it. And I think the last thing um, that comes up for me as I experience this lesson study process is in the planning itself. And I, I stated earlier that, you know, a lesson plan is like a science experiment. And so in the planning itself, if I start to plan for uncertainty, I'm going to start to consider some of the what ifs in the lesson. What if students struggle? What's my plan? <laughs> Do I just keep moving with the lesson and pretend like they didn't? Or do I put in a pause? Is there a pause button that I know I'm going to insert? And am I gonna stop and whatever, right? But how am I planning for the what ifs? That helps me to plan for those, to plan to prepare myself for the uncertainties that may come up in a lesson, right? Because it's all about how am I able to stand in the uncertainty? What is the work that I'm doing as the teacher to be able to stand in the uncertainty? So planning for the what ifs. I think another thing in the planning is to actually insert places in the lesson where, you, where there is space for students to do thinking. And there's, and you as the teacher facilitator of that lesson, you're 
being curious about the students thinking and you're encouraging students to be curious about each other's thinking so that they're pushing each other's thinking because again a classroom is a community of learners and everyone is a teacher in that classroom not just the the person identified as the teacher but every person in that classroom becomes a teacher because they're helping to push each other's thinking and then i think in the planning phase too it's about the questions that i ask in my lessons and how are those questions helping me to create space for student thinking and space for me to hear students thinking so that i can probe even more but and in creating that space and asking the types of questions that allow for that i'm also demonstrating to my students that i value and honor what they bring to the lesson i'm not trying to make them be something they're not i want them to be their authentic selves bring your authentic self to this lesson and let's figure out what are the connections between the ways in which you think and the, the goal of this lesson and how we move. Because in, in that way, when I'm making those connections, I'm moving learning to the next level. I'm assisting the student in leveling up um, their learning. So just wanted to share some of those um, ways in which I'm thinking about teaching and learning um, and that Again, it is like an experiment. And I think the more we become open to this notion of it's an experiment and there are uncertainties, the easier it is to find joy in our work as educators. Right. And even in, in, in I think it's the same thing in working with the, the adults, you know, as a school leader, working with teachers, it is being open to the uncertainty of what comes um, with working with people and how comfortable am I in that uncertainty? Can I be in a space of equanimity and be cool and calm and relaxed? while supporting people as they level up. So, until next time. Mm -hmm.